Welcome to The Bright-Eyed, a podcast dedicated toward empowering our generation. Each week, I interview teen changemakers who have a purpose, a passion, and are doing something about it. We are more than capable of changing our world for the better. Let's see who's rising to the occasion. I'm your host, Daisy No, and this is The Bright-Eyed. Welcome to The Bright-Eyed. Today, I am joined by Chinmayi Balusu, the founder and CEO of the nonprofit called Simply Neuroscience. Chinmayi is an undergraduate sophomore pursuing neuroscience and medical humanities at Columbia University, as well as a researcher currently contributing to cognitive neuroscience and brain injury research. Something she is passionate about is building community spaces for women in STEM, advocating for neuroscience accessibility, and engaging with science communication efforts. I'm so happy to have you on the show, Chinmayi. Welcome. Thank you, Daisy. I'm super excited as well. Yes. Uh, so just starting out, you you have this amazing nonprofit that we are totally going to dive into and talk about, um, but it's based on neuroscience. So I was wondering when you developed that first interest. Uh, so I, I think I've always been curious about anatomy. And so, you know, the brain with all its little squishy folds and whatnot uh, kind of piqued my interest. Uh, it's kind of a silly story. I was at a science fair and you know how they have those brain models you can play around with. So I picked one up, started squishing it around, you know, taking the parts. Um, and then I realized I didn't really know how to put it back together. So yeah, it was a little bit like an oh moment. So I had an epiphany there and then just ended up falling in love after I started learning more about anatomy in high school. And I think I just really love how broad it is because I think it's definitely one of those fields where you can have a conversation based in neuro um, with a with someone else in the field, but you may have nothing in common at all because it's so broad and there's so many disciplines. What do you love most about this subject? I just appreciate the fact that you can, you know, like I mentioned to before that you can bring people together with the field. And I think that's the best part, just the community aspect. People are incredibly, you know, fascinated by the brain and they share that with one another. And you can really kind of chart your own path. I love that. Right. That's so cool. Uh, I, I think that that whole community aspect, that's not really something that I associated with neuroscience prior. I know. And we don't, it's, it's actually like, I think you're completely valid because we don't usually associate science with a community. I don't fault you for that either. I kind of had that same feeling during high school. A lot of times I'd feel a little bit isolated, especially in neuro. Like, where are my neuro folks at? Uh, And one of the things that you mentioned that you were passionate about was um, trying to build community, especially for women in STEM. I'd love to get your take on how your experience was maybe different because you were a woman in STEM. Mm -hmm. I think one thing that really stood out to me, and this was a relatively recent kind of a realization, um, I didn't realize until college that I had never seen an Indian woman in neuroscience before. And that was a little bit weird. And then later, kind of, I think, as I aged too, and kind of had experiences along the way too, um, realized that, hey, like a lot of my fellow Indian girls in STEM were interested in going into these fields, but fact that the pipeline is like a it's a leaky pipeline and my yeah I just had my first Indian woman as a mentor um, in college and 
I remember having a conversation with her where I, I was like, I didn't realize even until many months after working with you that you were my first Indian women mentor. And how do we really uh, provide girls with the resources to overcome those obstacles even later in their career? Because, um, you know, if, if we inspire the young women of today, but then there's not enough institutional support for them tomorrow, then it's just crushing hopes. Uh, so we really got to we really got to ensure that we are building those spaces for, you know, the diversifying community. Uh, how, how do you think we should shift towards that? So like if you're picturing your ideal world for anyone in STEM who's interested to feel supported um, and, and belong in that community, what would you like to see change? I would say right off the bat, I think there's a very, very heavy Western influence on science. Um, and it, I mean, being in the United States, surrounded by the United States, everything's like in English and et cetera. But we also have to consider there's so much research coming out of outside of North America, outside of Europe. And I don't think it's acknowledged enough. And I can surely say like even our social media algorithms, like I've never really come across an easy, like direct connection on LinkedIn where it suggests to me outside of the United States. Like that's not a thing. So I think like the push for international work, international youth efforts is really big because we're not acknowledging language barriers, right? I mean, if you don't speak English, how are you going to attend these big conferences that are just biased towards the U.S. and English speakers? Yeah, I think I think that understanding that, you know, there's so much science going on outside of our bubble and making space for those those what quote unquote outside voices um, in the sciences and allowing for youth at younger ages to participate in those international efforts is one stage. But let's say, you know, even on the grassroots level for us, I think it comes down to um, really showcasing the experiences and stories and journeys of folks who came before us who don't fit into the mold. And this is a great transition, actually, to my next question about your nonprofit, but more, more directly your goal with it. So I know you're targeting a lot more younger kids and trying to get them the resources they need if they're interested in neuroscience. And I was wondering why engaging people from a younger age is important. Yeah, I think one of the biggest misconceptions in recent years, or at least recent decades even, has been that youth don't have ideas and they're just kind of waiting around to get their degrees and do a job. Um, the reality is that youth have an interest, but it often just gets smothered, especially in neuroscience. I think a lot of folks stumble across it at a young age, think the brain is cool, maybe just put it in the back of their mind. The big question at the end of the day is if students have an interest, why don't we just connect them with resources now? <laughs> It's about, you know, if, if it happens to not be their cup of tea, then that's okay. They go on with their lives. But if it does happen to be their exact niche, then you just might be, you know, empowering the next entrepreneur, innovator, top pioneer in the field. Um, and I, I'd love to hear your take on how neuroscience is more for everyone and how neuroscience applies in our everyday lives. Oh, for sure. I, I push back so much on the perception that, you know, it's a super technical advanced field. It's like, it's kind of a, a dual thing um, because of course it is technical, but not all of it is technical. And it's more like a gradual spectrum. It's not like 
neuro, neuro 101 class, it's not going to be like, we're going to go perform brain surgery right now. The concept of like everyday neuroscience is like, I personally think we really need to be able to understand our brain. Uh, and it's really weird that we don't learn about that through school as much, right? We learn about bio, physics and chem. I mean, they're cool, but why not some psych or some neuro? With neuroscience, it's like, it affects us from the point at which we wake up to the point that we go to bed. I think, honestly, there's just a way to be able to trace back some sort of current innovation or some sort of work in neuro to why we set up our lives the way we do. Productivity, sleep, eating, you know, family time, everything, I think, can be really traced back. So it's like understanding our, our what makes us tick um, can help us be more empathetic to one another. So could you just tell us a little bit more about what you've been studying, the things that you've been looking into? So I guess a little bit, we'll go chronologically. Um, coming into college, I had some internship experience with more on the biomedicine side, neurodegeneration. So you think of Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. Um, had a short stint with like Python and CS. Didn't really enjoy it too much at the time, though. <laughs> Um, so I came into college, and so mentioned Alzheimer's, you know, issues with memory, dementia. So I was thinking, hey, like, what does memory do in normal functioning, like when everyday life? Um, and so I joined a cognitive neuroscience-focused lab that looks at attention and memory fluctuations. At the same time, you know, getting involved in student orgs on campus, right? So uh, there's this org at Columbia called Synapse, and they focus on brain injury awareness and advocacy more. So I was just really fascinated by that because all I kind of knew up until then about brain injury was concussion as a straightforward example. But I just realized there was so much. Um, and there were really connections to, you know, not just the clinical setting, like if you get a concussion, you go to the ER, but also public health in terms of who's more likely to suffer a brain injury, who's going to receive better treatment, um, kind of recovery, rehab, phases, everything. Um, so there's a lot tied in there. And I ended up pursuing more of a brain injury line of research as well. And maybe perhaps in the future, I might work more at like the older adults treatment level in the clinical setting. Um, gerontology is a field that you know works with older adults a lot, needs a lot more people in the field. Uh, so for any listeners out there who are super interested in what you're doing right now in your, uh, this kind of field of study in neuroscience, what would you suggest for them to do to learn more or get involved? Definitely explore, explore and explore. And I think especially at, at the high school kind of level, it is difficult to say that because you don't have that college atmosphere. But um, Attending events, for instance, seeking out resources from existing initiatives. I mean, I don't want it to SN's horn in any way, right? But more in the sense that, like, if we have resources and everywhere, there are so many places that have resources. Um, really just go through all of them and look through them all, um, right? Maybe SN's resources don't fit your thing, but that's a completely okay. Go to the next page, you know, keep on, keep on exploring. And Google is your best friend. <laughs> oh, yes. Just, uh, it's such a simple thing to say, but even just a basic search, like high school neuroscience internships, um, what the heck is neurotrauma? Things like that. Anything, just searching in Google. And definitely don't feel isolated by any means if you find that you're the only neuroscience kid in your neighborhood. Because um, it has to start somewhere and it can start with someone, one individual. 
All right. Well, it's time for a short little break, but please stay tuned for more questions. wondered how our brains work or are you interested in neuroscience? Simply Neuroscience is a nonprofit organization dedicated to expanding interdisciplinary neuroscience and psychology education, outreach, and awareness for students. Their vision is to help create a world in which every young brain enthusiast is easy, is able to easily access free online resources, events, opportunities, and so much more, regardless of their age, gender, location, educational background, or socioeconomic status. So if you're interested in neuroscience, be sure to check them out at www.simplyneuroscience.org and on Instagram at simplyneuroscience. All right, time to get back into the episode. Welcome back from the break. Chinmai, you started a nonprofit called Simply Neuroscience, which we kind of touched on before. Could you tell us a little bit more about the organization and what you guys have been doing? Of course. So Simply Neuroscience, or SN for sure, as we like to call it, um, is honestly based on those interdisciplinary neuro connections we've talked about before and really encouraging young folks to pursue it primarily through a, a three-tiered framework. We try to use education, outreach and awareness. So because, you know, it's not just about learning, but you got to go apply it. You got to share with the community and you want to make change with it. So kind of focusing on the entire pipeline of how you can go from the classroom to the community. Um, and we do so through, you know, a lot of different resources, providing them, creating them, um, hosting them, events, mentorship, podcast, Humans of Neuro series, all there. So really kind of allowing folks who volunteer with us to be able to create their own neuro journey in whatever means they find useful, but also for our community to be able to understand and engage with neuroscience from not just, you know, I'm going to self-study and that's about it. And a boring route, it's more lively. You get to meet folks, you get to get mentorship, resources that are more, you know, interactive, um, all of that sort. So Right. And uh, what what kind of inspired you to get this all started? I'm sure it was a big decision. You guys are doing so much. Uh, but what was that kind of thing that uh, initially brought you into this? Mm -hmm. To be honest, SN was actually a one woman blog. <laughs> um, so I just had a blog and I was going to write about, you know, neuro in high school, kind of chronicling, reflecting for any other folks in my community, you know, passing on kind of the torch through sharing stories. and. I was going to share my resources that I self-studied from. And then people got interested and they said, hey, I want to join. I got some things to share. And it just started growing from there. So how have you been tailoring the things your organization has been doing to make it more accessible like that? That's a really good question. Um, and I think it's it's especially difficult during this time because it's cool to have a widespread online base and an online community. But SN is primarily online. Um, with like trickle down kind of. And of course we're planning to launch kind of different initiatives in the future to address that and allow students to take our existing resource packs and implement that with a lot more kind of independence and agency in their own communities. But um, when it comes to the online part, it, it is difficult to reach so many different um, communities, populations, I would say at the ground level. So kind of one thing we're trying to do is go through individual universities 
Um, so for instance, we're launching a mentorship program like in the next month or so. And one of our big pushes was to reach out to, you know, um, directors of undergrad studies at a lot of universities, uh, run through a lot of more of the international organizations to get outreach outside of our personal contacts in the US um, and kind of on the more grassroots level, trying to partner up with fellow youth-led initiatives that normally host workshops in person. So if we have workshops, for instance, created, then they can uh, go out and actually be able to share that with students. And I think mostly it comes through like partnerships and individual student impact. Uh, one of the cool things we've seen is that students oftentimes they come once, they may come twice, and then the third time they may go and share it with their community or their teachers. I, I got to explore your organization, look on your website and see all the really amazing stuff that you guys have been doing. Uh, what has been kind of your favorite aspect? I mean, you guys have a podcast, YouTube channel, have a lot of things happening. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Daisy really putting a tough question for me. <laughs> um, I, I'm honestly really fascinated by how, how people can really take on kind of the mission and make it their own. Um, people just take so much initiative when they want to make change and they want to learn. And so I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but I think the culture um, is, is not just, you know, not just our direct volunteers, but also in the community. Like I see so many faces come up again and again to events or engage with us through multiple means. And I think people are always, you know, they're always submitting ideas to us like, hey, are you working on anything in this line? I'd love to see that happen. Agreed. And so what, what are you kind of hoping to see uh, from Simply Neuroscience in the future? Uh, where do you want to grow and kind of head into? Yeah, I think regular programming that students can expect almost like, you know, oh, it's this XYZ time on the weekend. SN's going to have something. Let me tune in. A more regular study schedule um, and introducing, you know, more DEI work. So diversity, equity, inclusion, but definitely, you know, hitting kind of social awareness issues. My team was recently social justice awareness. Um, I mentioned before the resource packs, empowering students at the local level. So kind of an ambassador network, um, perhaps partnering with more larger startups, organizations to host internships, big events like hackathons, ideathons coming. So there's a lot, there's a lot on the list. There's like a whole bullet list of <laughs> things going on, but Overall, we just want to, you know, keep on innovating and developing things that can suit people's needs. Um, just create, you know, a more, we want to be like a one-stop shop. We're going to connect you to a lot of things. I, I love that. And I, I have no doubt that you guys are going to be able to accomplish all that and more. Um, I'm super excited to keep on following you guys and see what other initiatives that you guys are starting and how you guys are growing. I was wondering how you've kind of grown or changed or something you've gained from this experience of leading SN. Yeah, I would definitely say, oh, so many different, you know, small, small tangible skills um, from just being a lot more confident with speaking with teams, leading meetings, public speaking, even it was kind of like I it grew with SN, um, you know, being confident with cold contacting people, just sliding into people's DMs and, you know, wanting to chat about partnership and whatnot. Um, Things like that. I think it just really gives you a lot of uh, self-confidence, helps you grow self-confidence. Um, and I think, you know, the interdisciplinary, maybe it's because I say it like a mantra so many times, but I've kind of started to push outside, you know, neurobiology, kind of a sphere, as we chatted about before, explore medical communities, public health, and so many other things. 
So I think from a career perspective, just the way I was thinking about science changed. Um, and I think overall, you know, the team collaborative efforts and things that we see, I think I'm hoping to refine further into graduate school teams, you know, medical school, who knows? Well, we're going to transition into a short little Q&A. So uh, if listeners out there are interested in getting, in getting your questions featured on the show, be sure to follow the Instagram at the Bright Eyed Pod. Uh, we have a question from an anonymous listener who says, how do you manage your time? I'm sure that's been a struggle. Oh, my. It just is a, it's just one after the other after the other. Um, right. Of course, we all got to take breaks. And for me, that looks like gardening. That looks like watching movies with my family, um, helping my mom out and things like that. But I think kind of catching up on emails whenever possible whenever I have five minutes in between um, classes and things like that. All right. Well, we have reached the very end of the interview. I am I'm so excited to release this, and I'm so happy that I got to talk to you about neuroscience and just how it applies in new ways I have never noticed before and talk about you know where we should be heading and especially your amazing nonprofit. But before we go, I like to close all my podcast episodes with this final question. So if the whole world was listening to you right now, what would you say? I would say just invest a lot more time, energy, and funds in supporting students and youth. Um, Just give them platforms to practice using their voice um, and help young folks develop into innovators. I think a lot of folks could gain a lot more clarity and kind of build their interests earlier on and lead to even more huge changes in society and positively impact folks if they could just have a space to explore earlier on. So invest in youth. (laughs) Invest in youth, folks. Thanks for listening, you guys. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to leave a rating and review. And now for a big announcement. I've been waiting to say something for a very long time, and I'm going to do just a quick little snapshot of what it's going to be. The Bright Eight Podcast will be bringing the Teen Changemaker Conference in summer 2021. This is so exciting. I right right now I have to be like super general and cryptic about it until my team and I can do like a formal announcement. But more details are coming. So for updates, follow at Teen Changemaker Con on Instagram and TikTok. I'm so excited to share everything that we've been planning and more. Um, but I, I I will wait until we can do like a formal announcement with all the information and details so be sure to follow for updates on instagram and tiktok at team all right well i will talk to you guys next week so stay tuned for another awesome interview talk to you soon